God's word and we're going right into John chapter 18. And so you guys can go ahead and flip there. John 18 verses one through 11 at every location. Go ahead and open up your word. John 18 verses one through 11. It said when Jesus had spoken and don't worry if you if I'm reading ahead of you, it's okay. It's okay. Just stay with me. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples across the brook of Kidron where there was a garden which he and his disciples entered. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, for Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas, having procured a band of soldiers and some officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees, went there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing all that would happen to him, came forward and said, "'Whom do you seek?' And they answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Now Jesus said to him, and I want you guys to underline this in your Bible, okay? Jesus said to him, I am he. We're gonna get back to that. So underline that. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with him. And when Jesus said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. You can underline that. So he asked them again, whom do you seek? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus entered, I told you that I am he. So if you seek me, let these men go. This was to fulfill the word that he had spoken of those whom you gave me, I lost not one. Then Simon Peter, now this is important. I need you guys to lean into this, okay? Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. And Jesus said to Peter, underline this, put your sword into its sheath. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? Let's pray. Father God, Lord, let it start with Pastor Mike and I. We lay down every offense, God. We lay down every fleshly desire to want to be offended. Father, thank you for your holy word. God, let it go deep into our heart. And Father, today, I pray that you would deal with the offenses in our life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. We're talking about offense, and there's four chambers of the human heart. And so we're going to be, we're going to break this series down into four different chambers. And those chambers, you don't have to write this down because don't worry, we're going to talk a lot about it. In our, how many are in connect groups? All right, we're diving down deep, deep into this series in our connect groups. If you're not in a connect group, this is your moment. This is your sign. <laughs> Go join one because this is a topic that even Peter walking with Jesus had to walk out. So none of us are above it. We're not above connect groups. We're not above Sunday gatherings. Like we are humble people. V1 Church is humble members who need each other. Okay, that's my, that's my soapbox today. But there's four chambers that we're gonna be breaking this sermon series down. And the first one is the chamber of expectation the chamber of expectation. So if you're taking notes, you can jot that down, the chamber of expectation. The other chambers we're gonna focus on next week is justice, and then we're gonna go to the chamber of confidence and the chamber of memory. Don't worry, you don't have to write all those down. We'll get to it. But today we're focusing on the chamber of expectation. What are 
some of the expectations that you, now don't, this is rhetorical. Don't be yelling out stuff, okay? My house, my rules. What are some, but amens and all that, you do that. That makes me feel good. I don't know how spiritual it is, but it pumps me up, you know? Bless, bless her, Lord. Um, so what are some of the expectations that you put on others? What are some of the expectations you put on yourself? And what are some of the expectations you feel like other people put on you? These are just some of the ones that I've felt over the years, that I have a responsibility to make everybody happy. I have to save their life. I have to fix their marriage. I'm just talking to, my, to myself. I have to do everything. Hello, moms. I'm the most dependable. I'm the most dependable one in this family. You ever say that? I've, I've done it. I'm always going to mess up. I'm always going to fail. People are mad at me. I'm not giving enough. One of the ones that I got in my DMs, I thought this was so powerful, something that this person said that it's an expectation that they put on somebody else. They said they expect people to understand what they've been through. Our expectations of others and ourselves can open doors of offense. I love what Pastor Mike says in this series. He he talks about, as we go into these lessons through our Connect group, is he talks about how when we were, how many, any any children of the 70s, 80s, maybe early 90s, y'all like overkill on fire drills, right? Stop, drop, roll, the song, right? Okay, all right, anybody raise your hand because I know I feel old. Okay, all right, good. You're making me feel better. And if you're the generation ahead of them, don't worry, you taught all that stuff. So we're all good. We're on the same page. The Gen Xers that don't know, stop, drop, roll. There you go. You can put that in your back pocket. But we had fire drills. We over-prepared for fire. But here's the thing with a fence. Now, fire, how many of y'all have, have maybe been through a fire? We've all done fire drills, but we probably only have a handful of people who've been through a fire. However, a fence is 100% going to happen. And yet we do not prepare our family, our children, our church, our teams for offense. This is an emergency, guys. This is a, an emergency offense drill. We are definitely going to be offended. And so we're going to deal with our expectation. The dictionary definition of offense is an annoyance or resentment brought about by a perceived insult to oneself or to one's standards or principles. Offense is generally how we nurse the wound of pride. When we say, I'm in charge, I get to control how I feel, I get to control how I react, I'm choosing to be upset. I know you don't think you choose, but you do. I'm gonna be upset. What we're doing is we're taking Jesus off the, fr- the throne, we're putting ourselves on the throne and saying, I, my pride is in control of how I respond to this thing that just happened to me. I am. I deserve to carry this. I'm going to make them pay. I will never forgive them. You know, uh, this, this wasn't in my notes, but many years ago we were in this area and we just had like a ministry, I don't know, just a failure, whatever. And I remember I was mad. You ever just get mad? And I had a baby. So I was like offended on hormones. (laughs) Extra. And I'm driving and I said, I will never come to Long Island again. Yeah, 
I said, I literally said those words nine years ago. I will never come to Long Island again. I said, Lord, I'll plant a church in New York City, but I ain't got to come here. I had an offense. And the Lord had to take me on a journey. And now my heart bleeds for Long Island. I'll do anything for y'all. I'll put up with all the attitudes. I'm in it. What's on the other side of your offense? What freedom is on the other side of your offense? All right, I'm just putting it out there. And those of you who are constantly telling people how you're not offended, your posts prove otherwise. <laughs> Some of y'all got 30 posts on the same subtweet, right? Or the same passive aggressive thread. I, I am mad. Yeah, you are. Yes, you are. You are not healed yet. Take a seat. And you know, when you, when you are living unoffendable, and for those of you who say, I'll never get there, I wasn't raised like that, I don't think I, that's even in my DNA, yes, it is, because I'm gonna tell you what your DNA is at the end of this service. So it is possible. It is possible. Just because you had an angry dad, angry granddad, and angry great-granddad doesn't mean that you can't live unoffendable. I'm getting ahead, all right. But you know the difference between somebody's healed and somebody who's still struggling, right? You know how like when they can't see it, but everyone else around them can see it? You're like, yeah, girl, she ain't healed yet. You know, this is real life. And so you know the difference because you can hear it. You, healing you can hear, healing you could see. And then we say something in our family, we say rotten fruit, rotten root. Oh, you're not mad? Okay, well, your tone is saying otherwise. So let me read what the Bible says. Galatians 5, verses 16 through 26. It says, but I say, walk by the Spirit. You will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. And the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law, but the works of the flesh are evident. Get ready for this list. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery. Okay, those are the things that you think of, right? But wait. Enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger on the L.I.E., or for those of you in Indiana, 8094, you'll know what I mean. Rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgy. Okay, we guess those. <laughs> and things like these. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Does that put the fear of God in somebody? But the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified 
the flesh with its passions and desires. Let's pause. Guess what? You want to be offended. And my flesh wants to be offended too. But I don't walk by the works of the flesh. I walk by the, wa- by the word of the Spirit. I walk by the Spirit. I do not walk in the works of the flesh. And so I don't have the right to cause division. I don't have the right to participate in strife. I don't have the right to do gossip. It says, let me keep reading. Let us not become conceited, hold up, provoking one another, envying one another. Some of y'all just delete social media right now. So in that word, now now guys, this is not my preaching notes. This is the word of God. These are not things that I came up with that sound spiritual. This is God's word. This is the word of the Lord. Walk by the spirit. If you're telling me you walk by the spirit, then the works of the spirit should be evident in your life, in your timeline, in your social media, in your heart, in your mind, in your conversation. So you got some sexual stuff, right, in the works of the flesh. We all kind of think, I mean, even sinners, you know, they call it living in sin for, you know, a reason. Believers don't even call it that. So there's like these things that even non-Christians gravitate to. Oh, that sin, that sin, that sin, that sin. But 10 of those are roots that cause offense. It's serious. Turn to your neighbor, say it's serious. Turn to your other neighbor, say it's an emergency. Now ask somebody if they're offended. No, I'm just kidding, don't. (laughs) Hold it, hold it. Offense is the false belief that holding a grudge helps you and enacts the revenge of the offender. Now I'm not gonna dive too deep in that because Pastor Mike does a great job in this teaching that we're gonna go on connect groups. But let me read Leviticus 19.18. It says, do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Offense is a surprise brought on by the expectation that people will never hurt you. Um, If you didn't know, if you've lived for two seconds, if you've ever been to Walmart, if you've ever had a toddler, if you've been married for one day, you've learned that people will hurt you. They're going to hurt you. If you're at this church and you are in the honeymoon season of church, get ready. I'm just being honest. This is a fire drill. You're not offended yet. You will be. This is real life. This is real covenant. We're not here for the warm fuzzies. We need transformation in our homes and in our families. This is serious. John 15, 18 through 20, it says, if the world hates you, now keep in mind, this is Jesus. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you. A servant is not greater than its master. They persecuted me. They will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. You know, I saw this funny thing about like welcome home signs in church. I feel like we need a sign that says you will get persecuted. 
you will be hated for my sake. What if we, honest church signs. And so I know we're like, hey, but guess what? I have to raise up mature disciples and say, I might hurt you. You might hurt me, but I'm committed to this thing. All right, we're going to get back to Peter in just a minute, but I want to read this last point. Offense is the stethoscope for identity disease of the heart. Romans 15, 7, it says, accept one another, then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. Accept one another just as Christ accepted you is a command, it's possible. If Jesus said we have to, guess what? We can. And it causes us to remember who we are and who we belong to. And we're gonna get to that in just a few minutes. But when you know who you belong to, it's really hard to get offended. I deal with offense every day, every single day, whether I wanna be mad at somebody else or most of the time somebody is mad at me. (laughs) Praise God, pray for me, okay. (laughs) And so I had a situation a few weeks ago and I mean, this. first of all, I never met him. Point number one, (laughs) I'm like, you like how I'm defending myself over here? I'm like, I never met him but for real. And I mean, they were just cussing me up one side, down the other. And somebody said, how does that make you feel? And I said, well, they have things in their life that they're dealing with clearly. So I'm not mad at them. Now my flesh 10 years ago, I probably would have been like, you know, giving them whatever scripture. Sometimes we try to use God's word to like enable our own offense. Don't do that. Not a good look. But when you know who you belong to, it's hard to get. I'm a daughter of the Most High. I've been a recipient of masses and masses of grace. I am not about to pour a bitter cup on somebody else. No way. I don't, I don't, it's not, that's not worth it to me. Identity disease of the heart is healed when we find who we are in Christ. So let's go back to Peter. Peter's spicy. He's a spicy guy. The Bible's not boring, by the way. But Peter's standing right next to Jesus. Can you imagine? He's standing right beside Jesus and has an identity crisis. And so here's the myth that I want to tell all y'all church people. Okay? The myth is that you'll never again question your identity after salvation. You will. Peter is standing right next to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and still has an identity crisis. So they come, remember they came, they arrested Jesus and Peter gets defensive and he's like, you know, if you're a girl, it'd be the equivalent of like taking your earrings off, you know, taking your hoops out. Like we're doing this. I don't know what it means for a guy. I'm not sure. I got diamonds on my shoes. Like, I don't know. I'm doing my best, guys. But Peter gets defensive. He's like, nobody talks to my Lord that way. Like, right? We all take up secondhand. How many take up secondhand offenses before? They're a lot of times more messy than the firsthand ones. Because they're your kids. They're your spouse. They're your church members. They're your comrades. It's personal. And so 
They're coming for Jesus and they go to arrest him and Peter cuts his ear off, cuts the ear off of a, a servant, which I'm gonna talk about in a second. But I want you to know something. He wasn't going for his ear, people. He was going for his head. Nobody's aim's that good. And I love, you know, I love the Bible. How many love God's word? And Luke, when you read this story, it says someone cut someone's ear off. But I love how John just spills all the tea. He's like, hey, it was Peter who cut his ear off and the servant's name was Malchus. But let's back up because we're talking about how when our identity is uncertain, we open doors to offense and we forget who we are in Christ. So the officers show up and the first thing Jesus says is an identity statement. I am he. It was so powerful that every soldier, including Judas, fell to the ground at the mention of Christ's identity. You cannot compete with the presence of God. Haters can't compete with the presence of God. They can't compete with the anointing of God. They cannot compete when God's called you, set you apart. They don't control your destiny. They don't got your calling. I am he. Now, some of you guys, I'm going to give you a little test. If, don't raise your hand. But if you guys are going into hater Thanksgivings, and if you know, you know. You know, the ones who laugh know. If you're walking into a party this holiday, just try giving an I am. See what happens. <laughs> Good luck. Let me know how it works out. <laughs> but there's power in the name of Jesus when Jesus is saying who he was. And when you are sure about who he is, you don't have to have the last word. When you're sure about who he is, you don't need it in writing. When you're sure about who he is, you don't need to have somebody else prove your point. You don't need the video. You don't need the proof. You don't need the screenshot. I am has entered the fight and his identity and his blood is the only affirmation that you need about who you are and whose you are. You don't have the right to be offended. And I don't have the right to be offended. But Peter's spicy. And Peter's going for his head. And I want you to understand, see, Malchus, that was the guy who Peter, you know, hurt. And he was a high priest assistant. So I want you guys to just understand who he was. Now, how many... 90s, 2000s hip-hop fans do I have? Okay, okay, we'll deal with it at next Mass Deliverance. It's fine. Y'all remember Diddy? Okay. Making the band. Okay. So remember the guy who was following Diddy around with the umbrella? Y'all, does anybody remember this? Okay, or maybe it would be the equivalent of like, Someone, you know, I don't know, an assistant, kind of annoying, like, pushing, you know, like, hey, guys, do you need anything? Can I get you any water? Like, I'm kind of that person, so I get it. 
But Malchus kind of embodied that sort of like, uh, he was the assistant to the high priest. So I want you to imagine what Peter might have been feeling. So Peter didn't go for a random soldier or so, it was specific. And I know it was specific because John named him and John likes to spill the tea. That's funny if you read the Bible, but if you don't, catch up. I'll see you Monday nights. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So I want you to imagine the person in your life who is annoying. If you imagine your spouse, think of somebody else. Somebody who's annoying, right? That per, and I, y'all are smiling, so I know you guys have somebody in mind. Malchus probably was that for Peter. So you have to think, the, the disciples and Jesus are going around healing. They're healing the sick. They're, uh, people are getting up out of you know, their, their sick bed and people are being fed. And then there's these Pharisees that follow him around. And Malchus was probably at every single location that Peter was. And so it's personal sometimes. And sometimes we go after masses of people only because we're annoyed with one. And we're not trying to hurt them, we're trying to kill them. His offense was personal, it wasn't random. And so Peter has the offense, and honestly, I mean, flesh, flesh to flesh, works of the flesh. Rightfully so, right? Can you imagine somebody going to, you know, hurt Pastor Mike or maybe one of your family? I mean, you would rise up, right? So they're about to kill Peter's rabbi. They're about to take him in, accuse him of stuff, you know, murder him. And so Peter's offense was deeply personal. But here's the thing. Jesus corrects Peter. Jesus didn't say, oh man, I'm so glad you stuck up for me. Just let him bleed out, it's fine. No, instead, Jesus shows compassion to the person who's gonna put him in jail, probably watch him get beaten, put on a cross. He heals him with such compassion and mercy and says, Peter, put your sword back in your belt. Get out of here with that. It's personal. It's an emergency. Some of you are using your expectations to feel justified of offenses. But Jesus is in the room saying, but I am. Do you not trust my ways of dealing with conflict? Jesus is saying, I am. Do you not trust my process? Jesus is at your Thanksgiving table saying, I am. Do you not trust my word? Keep your mouth shut. Your identity is secured. And when you know who you are, you can run your mouth about me up one side and down the other. I'm a child of God. I'm a daughter of the king. My assignment is not in man's hands. When your identity is secured, we go to God for our approval. We have to realign our expectations. Some of you guys are too hard on people. You're too hard on your family. You're too hard on leaders and church people and pastors and moves of God. Some of you need to align your expectations that you do need his grace. 
You need to align your expectations that you are receiving grace, so don't curse grace when it's poured out on somebody else. Some of you guys need to remind yourself, I am going to be hurt. We need to expect to be let down. I know this ain't an amen preacher, you know, praise God. I'll preach that next week. Only Jesus can heal your expectation. Put away the sword. Your sword, your offense is too heavy for you. It's too complicated for you. The supernatural, we just came out of that series. How many loved that? How many were here last week as we supernaturally saw people get set free all over the world? That was awesome. And I love what God's doing. But guess what? Did you know that the supernatural is not enough to keep you from getting offended? It's not enough. When Jesus released this statement, I am, the power of God fell so strong, it literally knocked every single one of his enemies to the ground just by the sheer power of God. And immediately Peter still got offended. I don't care how powerful God is using you. I don't care if you pray for millions of hours every day. I don't care if you could prophesy everybody's birthday, address, phone number. If you are offended, you have an open door. Offense costs everything. And we have generational offense in the room. We've had generational offense in our family. And some of you guys were here last week and you're puking in barf bags or at revival homes, praise God. And you took a call on the way home and you picked up a secondhand offense. This is an emergency. Peter raised his sword and he made a scene. And I'm sure in the works of the flesh realm, he probably was justified. But just a few hours later, he denied his master. You gotta be careful of loud people with big offenses. You can't be so influenced by somebody else's offense on a platform. They may not even be serving God in the next season. Ban, you guys can come up. I'm going to say something. I, 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 I'm really, I, I, I battled whether or not I should say this, but you know what? I'm going to say it. And I'm just going to read it how I wrote it. So many deconstructing calling their offense questions and spewing their hatred and love of self as evolved and eloquent. Millennials, are you listening? Gen Z doesn't want more conversations about your broken expectations. They want 
transformation. They want to see the power of God. They need people ahead of them that are healed, whole, that say, hey, I don't agree, but I'm going to submit. I may not see what God's doing in it, but I'm going to be faithful. You need Millennials, you need to take a lesson from the prior generation and say, yeah, they weren't perfect. Yeah, they didn't communicate the way that they should, but praise God, they knew something about perseverance. Gen Z's thirsting for the real thing. And we're talking about what somebody else did to let us down all over social media. We need revival. There's revival on the other side of healing of your offenses. We got pastors all over America that's elevating therapy sessions over the cross. Let me tell you, I've been in enough therapy to tell you, yeah, you should go if you can go, praise God. But therapy is not scalable to global populations. And we got people who watch us every week that are never gonna have the opportunity to sit with a therapist and talk about the things that they're going to, but they are gonna have the opportunity for supernatural freedom and revival. Michael and I have held refugees in Ukraine that will never have the opportunity to sit in an office. And I'm gonna tell you, single mother, if you don't have the opportunity either, there's freedom for you. You don't have to live like this. I just, I'm just shooting it to you straight. I see the value in it. We have some of the most gifted therapists you ever met in this church. But it's not scalable to the world. The gospel, healing, identity in Jesus, freedom from offense, that's scalable. We can't wait for all that. This is an emergency. You don't know if you got another day. You don't know if you got another year. You don't know if you got another season. Your kids can't wait. They need to see you free. They need to see you healed. They need to see you whole. It's serious. Offense is robbing you of precious time, precious ministry, precious years. Healing is scalable. Jesus wants to heal you today. Some of you are here to get healing for the hurt that you caused. Peter, put your sword away. Jesus in his mercy healed the man who was going to kill him. A man who was going to watch him bleed and put him in court and throw him in prison. He healed him. This is incredibly serious. We don't have the right as blood-bought believers to live offended. When you know who he is, You know who you are. You are a son. You are a daughter. That's it, period. End of story. Stand with me, church. When you know who he is, let me tell you who he is. John 6, I am the bread of life. John 8, I am the light of the world. John 10, I am the gate of the sheepfold. I am the good shepherd. John 11, I am the resurrection and the life. John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 15, I am the true vine. 
I don't need to be right. I don't need to be justified. I don't need someone else to say I'm right. I have the I am inside of me. I don't need it to go my way. I don't need to be justified in court. I don't need to please everybody. I don't need to be offended and mad every time I get on social media or watch the news. I don't need to be frustrated every time I leave church or a connect group or I serve. I am a son of the I am. I am not going to live offended. In John 18, Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. Otherwise, my servants like Peter would be fighting to not have me arrested. In other words, your offenses will not free you. They will not fight your battle. Jesus is the finished work of offense in your life. Church, we're gonna do a declaration, then we're gonna go into a time of worship and baptism. So if you're getting ready to be baptized or maybe you've just given your heart to the Lord in this service and you didn't plan to be baptized, we wanna baptize you. So you can get ready here in just a minute. I'm gonna have the prayer team come. I want you guys to be ready to receive our church, but we're gonna do a, a confession. I found this from Rick Renner. This is so powerful. He has some of the most powerful confessions I've ever heard. We're gonna say this together. I want you to repeat after me. I confess that I do not hold grudges, nor do I allow deep-seated resentments to reside in my heart, mind, and emotions. I have the mind of Christ, and I think like Jesus thinks. What Jesus does is what I do. What Jesus says is what I say. How Jesus behaves is how I behave. Because the Holy Spirit is working to produce the life of Jesus Christ in me. I can be the extended hand of Jesus to everyone around me, including those who have opposed me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Come on, lift up your hands. We're getting free from offense. Free, 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 freedom now. If you need prayer, these altars are open. Do not let offense hold you. Do not let offense bind you. Do not walk out of here with secondhand offenses. This is your season. You will be free. You will, you will. God, we just give our offenses to you. God, we just give our offenses to you. We will not be held captive. We will not be held captive. We will not be held captive. Come on, our altars are open at every location. Our altars are open.